Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Let's talk about dating. We're in a series called I Dare You to Date. I came across some uh, first date tweets. Worst first date. Here's the first one. It says, my friend decided to set me up on a blind date with one of his girlfriend's friends. The girl she brought was my cousin. One time I took a girl to the movies. During the movie, she kept looking at the person behind her. Turns out her dad was sitting behind us the entire time. In college, a friend set me up on a blind date. I wasn't in a great mood because I had received a traffic ticket a few hours before. My day got worse when my blind date turned out to be the cop that gave me the ticket. And my favorite, he took me to Applebee's where his ex-wife was a waitress. Dating is complicated. Relationships are complicated. Staying married is complicated. Staying single is complicated. Being in between is complicated. Being a teenager with the pressures of culture is complicated. It is, it is a complex thing, finding the person of your dreams. It's a complex thing, not knowing if this person is the person that God has for you. It's a complex thing, living with a blended family or uh, kids from a previous marriage or a past relationship. It's a complex thing. And I, 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 I love God because he has the power to make that which is complex to us simplified through his word. The word of God has the ability to take that which is complex as every scenario in this room. If I tried to counsel every single one of your scenarios, they're all different. Every story is different. Every, every circumstance is different. But the word of God has this crazy ability to come through this microphone, through the pages of his word, and it can pierce every single heart by the power of his Holy Spirit over the next few minutes and over the next few weeks as we talk about relationships. I think it's so important that we not go to culture as our lens for how we interact with one another. I think culture is not the standard. I think culture has lowered the standard. But I know a God who left us with a book that should be the standard for living, the standard for dating, the standard for marriage, the standard for intimacy, and the standard for all things. I believe that if we go to this book, You can become the person that God's called you to be. Therefore, you will find the person that God has for you. Can I preach again? You can become the person that God's called you to be. And when you become that person, God will bring to you the person he has for you. So whether you're single, divorced, married, widowed, or you've been married for 50 plus years, I believe that this is going to help. We're going to be in the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. If you can't find it, just fake it. It'll be on the screens. Also, if you have the Bible app, you can search it, which is way easier. But if you're looking for it, you can turn with me in in your copy of God's Word to the Song of Solomon. This is a love, romantic poetry book about a lover and her soulmate chasing one another. They're not married. They're chasing after each other. And every time it gets to be about PG-13, scene ends and it goes to another time where they're chasing after each other today's sermon will not be pg-13 it will be pg but i can't guarantee you that the holy spirit might not drop something in my heart so i can't i am forewarning you now but in the future potentially the next couple weeks i will do my best to set you up if i'm going to be talking about things that uh younger audiences might not be prepared for but as of today we're just going to give you four dating declarations but song of songs 
or Song of Solomon. It's not Solomon doing the talking, by the way. It's just meant to be like, this is wisdom as if it was Solomon. Um, that's the, what the, why the book is titled, that it would be like, this is the wisdom as if it was Solomon. Chapter 1, verse 5. Are you ready? Are you ready? Everybody gets a little tense when you talk about relationships. Relationships and money, two very important things to our hearts. Um, and so some of these things will be very practical in nature. You can feel free to shout me down. Some of them will be very convicting, and you feel free to write them down. Either way, Song of Solomon, chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. I am very dark, but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon, verse 6, do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. She got some black girl magic happening in Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. You didn't know that I knew about that, but I know. She says, I, verse 5, I'm very dark but lovely. Then she says, don't gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me, and they made me keeper of their vineyards. But my own vineyard I have not kept. Mm. Someone needs to highlight that. My own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon, for why should I be like the one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? Let us pray today. Father, we need your help because relationships are broken. We need your help because magazines and blog posts and articles are not going to cut it. We need your help because our friends are just as screwed up as us and we're taking dating advice from them. We need your help because now more than ever, we can get into relationship faster because of technology and we can get into relationship with a perceived version of someone because of the internet. And I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take us back to your original design, to the design of Eden, to the design of, of Adam and Eve before the fall. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Are you ready for God's word? I, I love this uh, topic so much because I feel like though I don't have a lot of life experience in a lot of areas, I have known my wife for more than half of my life, okay? I was 14 years old when I met her, and I'm 32 now, so you can do the math. I've known her for more than half of my life. I've been with her for over half my life. We just celebrated 13 years of marriage, which is nowhere close to the veterans here on the front row at East Raleigh, but 13 years... I mean, I've had to convince her several times, you know, stay with me. I it'll all turn out in the end, I promise you. You remember what I used to look like? I'm, I'm headed in the right direction, you know? <laughs> Dating is complicated. Relationships are complicated. And I believe that now more than ever, it's easier to get into the wrong relationship faster than ever before. And I want to try my very best to give you some declarations that you can hang on to. And I want you to also know that if you're married, you should still be dating. All the husbands are like, okay, I forgot. <laughs> I would actually venture to say you should be dating more and more often after marriage than you did before. Because it will be easier 
once you wake up next to someone day after day after day to allow the callous of your soul to think that is normal and that that person that you prayed for and that that person that God gave you is, is just now your roommate that you just so happen to be married to. You have to fight the challenge of roommate by refreshing your relationship by going out on dates as often as you can. That's why we went to the Angus barn on Friday night. Have you ever been to the Angus barn before? Bless God, he's a good God. He knew we needed a picture of heaven here on earth just to keep us in line with him. I mean, that, that kind of steak will make you stay with the Lord. And for all the vegetarians, they got steamed vegetables there too for you. Not for me. <laughs> they got ribs as an appetizer. Anywhere you go that has ribs as an appetizer. Oh, I'm about to shout. Bring the organ back. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. People say, that place is expensive. And I say, my wife is worth it. The investment into my marriage is worth it. That Angus barn is expensive. Do you know what's more expensive than the Angus barn? A divorce lawyer. You be investing into all these different things in the stock market and all these other, all the economy is good. How's the economy of your relationship? Where's your money going? Show me your bank account. I'll show you how much time you're spending with your significant other. So if you're married, you still should be dating. May this be a challenge to you. Drop your kids off, come to first service, and then go to brunch real quick. Leave them there for the second service. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. We had a lady one time that did that, and her kids started throwing up. She was, she was at Panera with the dude. Amen. Desperate times call for desperate measures, man. People get creative, you know? As long as you tithe, then you could, you could take. I'm just kidding. Just, just, just. It's an investment. Dating is an investment. It's expensive. It's expensive on your time. It's expensive on your wallet. It's expensive on your attention. But I don't know about you. That, my friends, is the most important investment you can make into your relationship. Because it's only through dating, it's only through relationship, it's only through getting to know someone that you will realize that if you're pre-married, if, God, if they are for you, and if you are married, that's how you keep things fresh. You know? met so many people that stopped dating after they're married. And they dated so much before they were married that they were lost, lost, lost cause. And I want to give you four dating declarations that I believe if you wrote these things down, and if, I think it would help you in your next relationship or in your current relationship or, or wherever you are at, because I know that the spectrum is wide of where everyone is at. But this, this comes straight from, from the word. The first one is this, is, is my exterior does not make me inferior. Okay, let me just remind you of what we just read. I am very dark but lovely. Do not gaze at me because I am dark. She is making excuses for God's design on her body. You don't need to do that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is insulting to God how, how you belittle your design. How, how, how you, you think your features are failures. Your features are not failures. That's God's design for you. That's how he fashioned you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do not be consumed by the thoughts of culture and this photoshopped, cropped, magazine perfect life that you have to live. The pressure for you to have to be someone that you're not is so great. And I want to let you know that your exterior does not make you inferior. I remember my cousin growing up, 
She had freckles. She didn't like her freckles. She didn't like her freckles so much that she went to the kitchen, underneath the kitchen sink, and she got a Brillo pad. She was probably eight or nine years old. I mean, this is not like someone who's, you know, this is a kid. She's scrubbing, scrubbing her cheeks, crying in the bathroom. My aunt goes in, what's the matter? I don't like my freckles. My People make fun of me because of my freckles. And we, we would say that that's an extreme measure, but... I've met so many people consumed with things they cannot change that it keeps them from stepping out into what God has them and God has called them to be. You were made that way for a purpose, for a reason. I'm dark, but don't stare at me too much because I was in the sun a lot and I'm so sorry and I'm so sorry. Listen to me, ladies. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew you before you were born. Don't consume yourself with what culture says you have to look like. Do not, do not walk around uh, just cowering because of, of, of your, your appearance. Your exterior does not make you inferior. Your heart that God loves and the soul that God created is beautiful and it's wonderful. And you don't have to worry about what anybody has ever told you because I know what God says about you. Now, gentlemen. Your exterior needs some work. I don't know why they don't want to go out with me. It's because you have one eyebrow. That's not hard to fix. It's because you haven't cleaned your fingernails from working all day long. Can I just just play the other side of the coin for just a second? Ladies, you can do whatever you want, okay? Fellas, get a haircut. Get a haircut. Go to TJ Maxx. The clothes are from last year, but they're still good. I can make it happen for you at TJ Maxx, okay? That's what I do. I go to TJ Maxx. I get my hair cut every two weeks. That's expensive. Listen to me. What's expensive is living at your mama's house paying for Xbox Live for the rest of your life. Because there's Cheetos in your chest hair. Gentlemen, all right? This is just how God made me. He also made a toothbrush. Let me play both sides. Y'all let me play both sides. Ladies, y'all can do whatever you want. You are confident. You be bold. You walk out of there like you the woman, right? But gentlemen, take some time. Clean out your car. Hello? She's having to scoot off all the cookout and Arby's and Hardee's and Popeye's and Long John Silver's and Captain D's. It's like a fast food trade show on your floorboard. Come on, man. Clean it out. Take an hour. Turn off the controller. Clean out the car. Man, I could tell a lot about a person by how clean their car is. I'm not talking about the model or the make. I'm not saying you need a nice car. I'm saying the car that God gave you needs to be taken care of. I'm out there with my 1998 CRV every single week. I got a membership at the car wash place. Why would you do that? It's a 1998 CRV. The check engine light's been on for years. It doesn't matter. Because, because it's, it's a mentality that anytime, if, I, if I'm going to host my wife in my car, she's not going to have to step over Chick fil A to get into her seat. Every guy's about to go to the car wash. I should get a kickback on that royalties. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
You're made in the image of God. We've talked about this. The mind of Christ. The spirit of God dwells inside of you. You're more than a conqueror. You are a new creation. Do I need to remind you today that your exterior does not make you inferior? But you can walk out knowing what God has called you to be and who God has called you to be. Your skin is not your spirit. Your shape is not your soul. Your exterior does not make you inferior. Walk out of here boldly today. Put that on your mirror every day and, 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 and walk and declare that as you walk to your job. That your exterior does not make you inferior. The second declaration is this. is My property is my priority. In that same verse 6, the woman says, My mother's sons were angry with me and they made me keeper of the vineyards. But my own vineyard I have not kept. This is a parallel for you and I today. We are busy looking at other people's vineyards. We are busy always being the bridesmaid, but never being the bride. And what happens is, is we consume our lives, especially because the internet has made it so easy to see what other people are doing, that we are consumed with the wrong vineyard. And you look back and you haven't kept your own vineyard well. I want to let you know today, if you are looking for the right person, stop and become the right person. Because when you keep up your own vineyard, other people will take note. But you're busy looking at her Instagram. You're busy looking at her Snapchat. You're busy looking over here and going to this and going to that. And you've exhausted yourself and you've neglected your vineyard. And your vineyard is yours. And your property should be your priority. That's why when you wake up, don't start scrolling. You're comparing yourself. The first thing you do all day is set yourself up for failure. Because it's going to remind you of who you aren't. But what you don't know is on the other side of that screen are people who are just as stressed out trying to make a picture-perfect relationship that's broken. They are just as broken as you are. So worry about your own vineyard. Worry about your own vineyard. you got your own vineyard to manage. If you are single right now or maybe divorced and you're wanting God to come through for you either again or for the first time you're asking God for him to bring you the person of your dreams, let me help you with a verse of scripture from the New Testament. It's Luke 13. It says, Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden came again and again to see if there was fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Some of you walked in here today, you're like, Pastor Mike, I need your help. I come over and over and over again, and I'm here at church, and I'm worshiping me, but I'm always disappointed. This is verse for you. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. Just, I'm always going to be this way. We're just going to cut it off. I'm just done. I'm always going to, this is going to be my life. I'm just taking up space in the garden, and the gardener said, sir, give it one more chance. Give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. Fertilizer ain't pretty, but it's what it was needed in order for this thing to grow. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Your vineyard needs to be kept, and I want you to give it one more year. Give it one more year. Some of you are married in this house today, and you're throwing in the towel. And I'm asking you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, prophetically speaking as your pastor, to give it one more year. 
It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's fertilizer. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't look good. And it's not fun to have your hands dirty. But some of you have given up prematurely on God's purpose for your marriage. And I came to tell you, give it one more year. Oh, yeah, that's right. We just need to be separated for a year. No, I'm asking you to live together for one more year if you are married. To stay together one more year. I'm not guaranteeing anything. We don't know if it produced figs or not. But what I'm telling you is unless there's illegal activity or abuse happening, physical or, or verbal abuse happening, and you're just, I'm bored. If you're just, I'm bored, I want you to give it another year. Give it another year. Now, if you're single, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start working on your own property. Here, here's a couple of things, very practical. If you're single, before you're married, these are some things. If you want to work on your own vineyard, if you want to work on your own vineyard, here it is. You got to get out of debt. Nobody claps. No, no, you don't have to, don't clap. Don't, don't sympathy clap me. Unless the Lord has spoken to you, don't sympathy clap me. Do you, you want, you want to, instantaneously up your market value as a single person, single man or single woman, get out of debt. You don't need that Best Buy gift card. For real. I know the TV's nice, but you don't need that Best Buy gift card. You don't need that Kohl's cash card, whatever it's called. That Target red card, now I'm coming after you now. Let me tell you right now. Spend, I was never in this season. Remember, I met my wife as a teenager and I married her very young because I was, I was ready to be married. If you know what I mean, I was homeschooled. I was making up for lost time. You know, I didn't live in the world. So I was 19 years old. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm saying it without saying it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. I remained pure, but we had to get married when I turned 19 because that was it. If I never went through this phase, but I've met a lot of early 20s, late 20s, and they're racking up debt. They're racking up financial hardship. And then they go to get married, and they ask, what's your financial situation look like right before they're married? And the long list of your negative credit score shows up. It's not enjoyable. It's not fun. Be practical. You want me, I'm being practical. I'm getting in your wheelhouse. If you want to know what it means to keep up with your own vineyard, stop trying to compare your purchases. Drive a 1998 CRV if it's paid for. Go ahead and pay down the debt. Go ahead and pay off the school loans. Don't wait for a sugar daddy. Oh, it'll, it'll happen. I know God's going to send me somebody and just keep her. No, you pay. You get, get out of debt. Work on your own vineyard. Are you ready? I'm a, I got some more for you. You need to learn a new skill, gentlemen. Learn a new skill. Learn a new skill. Bring something else to the table. Hey, I picked up woodworking a couple years back. I could make you that farmhouse table, no problem. Learn a new skill. Don't cap yourself at your potential. Oh, this is just who I am. I'm just really good at Madden. I'm just really good at Call of Duty. That's not a new skill. That's a new game. Okay? Don't just rearrange the furniture in your mom's basement. You didn't become a decorator either. You know what I'm saying? Take a class. Take a night class. Go, to, go somewhere. Learn a new skill. you got to learn a new skill. I picked, up, I picked up harvesting deer just two years ago. I'm already, I've already been married for 11 years. But you know what I said? I said, what's better than providing food for your family with your own two hands? Like, some of you are like, that's kind of gross, Pastor. There is nothing more satisfying to open up my freezer and to see animals that I, and I grew up non-generation. I never, no one ever taught me hunting. YouTube University, okay? What? When I open up my freezer, guess what's in there? There's hamburger and steaks from deer that I harvested. What does that show my family? This is how you provide for your family. Learn a new skill that I was uncomfortable with. I had no idea what I was doing. And I get bit by the bug, and now I'm able to provide for my family. And let me tell you right now, a man in camo looks pretty good. You know what I'm saying? 
Come home in that camouflage. You know, it's just a joke. You got to learn new skills. Don't limit your potential where you are right now. There are things for you to learn that you've yet to learn. Read some books. Man, you want to be interesting to talk to while dating? Hey, I just picked up this book. It's crazy, this story of this guy. Or I just read the biography of the guy who founded Nike. And, you know, he grew up in, in, in Oregon and all this stuff. I don't know what books you're interested in. It's not about the type of book. It's about the nature of reading. It's consuming content in a different medium. Right? It's not being consumed with social media that is minute by minute. But instead, pick up a timeless classic. Pick up a book about the theology. Pick up a book about Jesus. If you really want to go deep, you really want to be, you really want to pick up something by N.T. Wright. He's a theologian. He's still alive. He's not a, he's not a, a D.O.G., a dead old guy just yet. But he, he's an old guy that writes books like crazy. He's got some really great theology. Pick up an N.T. Wright book. And then when someone asks you, how are you doing? What are you up to? What do you do for fun? I love to read. What do you like to read? I love the works of N.T. Wright. Oh, Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a theological book. It's a book called The Challenge of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Or Surprised by Hope. It's all about the resurrection. Right? Hello? It's like getting a better gamer score. It's not clout. <laughs> she does not look at you differently based on how many friends you have on Instagram. He doesn't care about that. Can he have a conversation with you about something interesting for two hours over coffee? Or is it 15 minutes and then you both go for your phones? I'm getting into somebody's wheelhouse today. They're changing the way that they live their life. Learn to do your own laundry, gentlemen. That might be the skill you need to learn. Finish something that you started. If there's an unfinished project, finish it. Create new habits in your life, man. Go ahead. Go to the gym. Go ahead. Start eating differently. I don't know what it is for you. I'm just telling you, work on your vineyard. Your prop don't worry about anybody else's property. It's your property. It's your property. The, the, the third one is this. is Anointed men are accountable to an abundance of questions. Verse 7. Tell me, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? Why should I be like the one who veils herself behind the flocks of your companions? I am surprised how many people will get to know someone without really getting to know someone. They will know them biblically in the bedroom before they even know them socially as a friend. The internet has accelerated our relationship timeline to where you could, by the end of tonight, be with someone in a way that I wouldn't recommend being with someone. Are y'all reading between the lines, all the adults in here? And you won't even know their middle name. You need to start asking questions. Discovery is not what happens in the bedroom. It happens in the interrogation room. So you need to get yourself a little study room in the public library, somewhere public, somewhere with some glass. You need to close that quiet room door, and you say, I got some questions. Before we move forward, what's your credit score? Before we move forward, do you have any kids? Oh, you think I'm joking. Hey, hey, do, do you think you might have some kids that you don't know about from a past life? How much of your past relationship is going to be brought into this relationship? Can I see your phone? Ask him this. When was the last time you cleared your browsing history? 
Every guy hates me right now, but I'm preaching the gospel truth, and I'm here to change the divorce rate in Wake County. I'm here to make sure that healthy marriages last and that relationships last. I will not be conformed by culture. That's just how men are. No, they are not. There are integrous men. There are men of character. There are men of integrity. There are men that are pure, holy, righteous, passionate about the things of the Lord. There are men that you don't have to wonder about because they're willing to answer questions and it doesn't bother them. If he's bothered by your questions, it's because he's hiding something. She says, she says, where do your flock go at noon? And where do you pasture your, do you have a job? That's what she's at. Where are these sheep? You tell me that you're a shepherd. Where are these sheep? Let me come check on them at noon. Oh, show up unannounced all the time. I dare you. Oh, I was just in the neighborhood. Borderline crazy lady, but that's okay. Come on in. I got nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. My phone is an open book. My wife knows this. She, there's no password that she does not know. There's no account that she doesn't have access to. Oh, in what kind of world would you live in that your wife would not have full access to all the things that you own? When you became one, you became one. So that thing that you have, you can't hide it from her. It's hers too. An abundance of questions, an abundance of questions, an abundance of questions. Before you ever commit to anything, I wouldn't even let him buy you food until you went to the public library. Maybe a coffee. Maybe. A cheap one. I'm not giving you access to who I am until I've been able to question who you are. I'm going to give you two very practical ways to know if this guy is the guy for you. Teenagers, it, it, ladies, teenagers in the room, you, this, is, this is it right here. I know he's cute. I know he's cool. I know he's got all the cool yeah, swagger. I know. I got it. Okay. I get it. How does he pray out loud? I've already talked about this before, but if you're new, I, how does he pray out loud? Ask him to pray out loud. Not over the food. Like, would you pray for us? <laughs> Everyone's breaking up with their boyfriend right now. Because <laughs> here's what people do. They'll bring me their boyfriend, and they'll introduce me. Look at this guy I met. He's so awesome. That's great. And then I'll ask one question. Does he love Jesus? Well, you know, I'm working on him. Listen, you're not called to missionary date. You're not called to reach the lost. Because what happens is when you try to reach the lost in your relationship, the lost end up reaching you. It is easier for you to pull me down than it is for me to lift you up. So you need to say... I'm not posting on any profile, on any app, until I know, do you love Jesus? Pray out loud. The next thing is very practical. How does he treat his mother? Just show me how you treat your mom. I'll tell you what, I'll do it for you. You bring me him and his mom for an hour. We'll go to Chick-fil-A or whatever. I'll tell you within five minutes. Does he open the door for his mom? He ain't going to open the door for you. Does he pay for his mom's food? Because he ain't going to pay for, for yours. If a man can't pay for his mom's meal, he probably won't be able to afford your meals for very long. He's probably using your, her money to pay for your food. Show me someone's relationship with their mother, and I will show you how they treat their spouse. Now, that's, 
Obviously, there are circumstances, and I'm generalizing here, but you understand what I mean, right? You got a date, but you need a date right. And you are consumed with what other people are doing. Another thing that you have to be willing to do is to work on your own vineyard, to ask a lot of questions, and to sit down with your spouse and to make sure that you, especially if you're married with children, that you are the calendar, not your kids. I'm about to go real deep, okay? I have met so many marriages that are broken because they're consumed by their children's calendars. And idol worship of America is our kids' calendars. So we haven't gone on a date in months, but Johnny's on football on Thursday and ba- basketball on Wednesday, and, and, and she's at dance on Tuesday, and I, I'm at, I got a piano recital on Monday, and you haven't dated your wife that you prayed for that was a gift from God. You haven't, pr- you haven't prayed with her. You haven't dated her in months. And it's not because you're estranged on purpose. It's because you've allowed your children to decide for you what you're going to do with their what you're going to do with your life i only have one ring i only married one person i don't have three other rings for each of my kids i'm going to love them i'm going to provide for them i'm going to parent them i'm going to lead them but they're not going to lead me and one day i'm going to kick them out of the house and i'm still going to have this ring on so i know johnny's got football but i got to go to the angus barn I have met so many people more in love with their kids than they are with their spouse. I'm preaching now. I know y'all don't like to hear this. But I've met people that won't ask their wife, where would you like to go to eat? But they'll ask their kids, where do you want to go to eat? It's the devil in disguise in America. Is how we've allowed our kids to dictate our life. And we've lost family order and family structure to where I am the head of this house. And... And as long as you're under my roof, and as long as I'm paying for our food, I get to decide where we eat, and I get to decide when we eat it. And I got a dad in here who hears the argument in the back seat every Sunday going home. Pastor, we, we, we really can't join a life group. We really can't join a life group because, you know, our, our kids got, uh, got golf and basketball, and, you know, and, and it's, we just can't we, can't, we don't have time for a life group on marriage. You have time. Your kids have consumed it, but you have it. Now, I'm not saying you should neglect your kids. And the pastor's mad at the kids. I love the kids. My kid is in golf, okay? Guess when his golf is? It sucks because it's on Wednesday nights. That's when my, my other kid is at youth group, and I got a small group on Wednesday nights. But luckily, I got him to go from 530 to 645 right across the street because I knew that if I did the later class, I would not be able to make it here for the own life group that I'm going to lead. So guess who's, and if I'm going to be, I'm not going to be late to life group and he's not going to be late to church and my daughter's not going to miss youth group. Why? Because we believe the house of the Lord is the top priority. He will not play golf. He, maybe he will. Maybe he will. He will not play golf for the rest of his life as a professional, but he will have to follow God for the rest of his life as a professional. What's more important, to get your kids into youth group, to get your marriage into a life group? What's more I don't know. I know that one will last longer than the other. Now, some of you have all-American pros, and I know that they're three and a half years old, and they're already showing signs of NFL noteworthiness. I get it. 
And I'm just, I'm here to tell you, they are going to get into a place in their life where their marriage is falling apart, their money is running out, and they can't go to their football coach for help. They're going to need to go to the throne room of God. So they're going to need to know how to pray, how to read, how to fast, how to serve God. I love sports. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to tell you today, you got to put your kids in a godly environment. you got to put your family in church. going today I'll close with this my joy won't compete with my jealousy my joy won't compete with my jealousy I can get a piano player thank you very much my joy won't compete with my jealousy the reason you've lost your joy is because it's competing with your jealousy jealousy eats joy for breakfast that's why I say when you look at the phone and it's instant it's going to spark trigger jealousy why do they have a perfect marriage why do they have a perfect life why do they get to go to the Angus barn and all I can afford is Taco Bell you know you can afford it you can afford it if you want it because I've seen how many times you go to Starbucks and all those things it's just a matter of priority you've lost your joy you've lost your joy You're married and you've lost your joy. You're single and you've lost your joy. You're divorced and you've lost your joy. You're separated and you've lost your joy. If there's one thing that I think everyone can relate to, it's being in a relationship that has lost its joy. I want your joy back. I I don't want you to be happy. I don't want you to be happy. You can be happy on a jet ski. That's fine. You can get a jet ski, be happy for a couple days. It's great. I want you to be joyful. I want your marriages to be full of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Some of you are married but not joyful. Some of you are single but not joyful. Some of you, perception would say you look happy on the Instagram, but you're not joyful on the inside. Jealousy will eat your joy for lunch. And only when you know who you are, when you know who God called you to be, can you walk out saying, you know what? My exterior does not make me inferior. My property is my priority. Oh, men will be accountable to abundance of questions, and my joy will not compete with my jealousy. There's a story in the scriptures, and I don't have enough time to read it, but it's basically about a bunch of workers that got hired at different times of the day. Some workers worked all day long. They got hired in the morning, and the, the, work, the foreman needed more laborers, so he went out at noon, and he got more. Then he went out at 3 o'clock, and then he went out at 5 o'clock, and he got workers for just a few hours. And when it came time to pay them, at the end of the day, they all lined up, and the, the, the owner said, I want you to line them up from the last to the first. So the guys that just got here at five, pay them a full day's wage. Okay, full day's wage. And everyone is in line. They're looking, oh, man, if they got here at five and they got paid that much, imagine what the guys that got here in the morning are going to get paid. He pays everyone the same amount. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I was fascinated by that story about the vineyard as we're talking about vineyards all day today. Because some of you are so worried about what other people are blessed with. 
Some of you are worried about what other people got that you didn't get. Your joy has been robbed by jealousy. And jealousy has no place in your heart. It doesn't matter what they got paid. It doesn't matter that they only dated for three weeks and then he proposed and they got to move into a nice house that probably has a more mortgage than you could ever want to pay. It doesn't matter that they have had children and you've been trying to have children. It doesn't matter that they're on their first marriage and they've been good and you're on your third. Don't worry about the other laborers in the field. For the first shall be last and the last shall be first. We are all broken at some regard. We are all hurting in some regard. And so it does not matter what other people are doing. Stop consuming yourself with jealousy and allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Allow the joy of the Lord to walk out of here today and take her hand and remember the joy that you had when you first met. Remember the joy that you had on your wedding day. Remember the joy it was when you were just staring at your kid, crying and sleeping and loving. Remember when the joy was there. Before your calendar was full, before your bank account was drained, before you got too big of a house to try to impress someone that doesn't really care about you, before all of that, there was some joy. There's joy within you, and it gives you strength. And so when you walk out of here today, if you're single, go to lunch and be joyful. If you're married, go to lunch and be joyful. If you're divorced, ask God, God, what kind of glory are you trying to get out of this tragedy? Where's the joy? Because that's where your strength comes from. If you're weak in your relationships, ask God for joy. No matter how long you've been married, no no matter how long you've been dating, you need joy. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of so many people like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now or share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Focus Church. Join us next week for another incredible message.